I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Muslim teenagers face many challenges. A myth is peddled that following Islam makes life difficult, and they'll be happier if they were less religious. Let's face it, sometimes being a practicing Muslim can seem like mission impossible. Sin is exciting and Islam is so boring. But rather than reject religion, I want to offer a new point of view. In my book, Smart Teenage Muslimer, I invite girls to look at the ideas and behaviours that wider society expects them to embrace and decide whether they are good for their mental health and well-being. Concepts such as self-obsession, rampant consumerism and feminism also, what tools exist in the Quran and Sunnah to help you dream big and be a confident Muslimer? In this thought-provoking guide, you will discover guidance from our sacred texts to achieve peace of mind, understand the purpose of your life, learn what Islam has to say about puberty and sex, and get the facts about LGBTQIA+, and gender identity. So, if you're a smart teenage Muslimer whose goal is to succeed in this life and attain Jannah in the next, this book is for you. Inshallah, to find out more, visit www.smartmuslimer.com. The book is now available to buy on Amazon and Google Play Books. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inshallah, let's begin the podcast with a hadith. This is one of the hadith that I've been learning in the course I've been attending. So in the Arabic, it says, Ad-Dinu an-Nasiyatun. And the translation is, the religion, Islam, is to act with sincerity. And that's in the book of Muslim. So um, there's more to this hadith, um, which is in Sahih Muslim. And the narration continues that on the authority of Tamim al-Dari, we inquired from the Messenger of Allah towards whom? So towards whom do we have to act with sincerity? He replied, sincerity to Allah, 
to his book, to his messenger, to the leaders of Muslims, and to the common people. So how do we, how can me and you apply this hadith to our lives? So number one, sincerity to Allah. So we should obey Allah and act according to what Allah orders us to do. So it's not based on what I like, what I dislike, not on what is um, politically correct. Will my friends be unhappy if I obey Allah? So whether it's praying, whether it's saying I'm not going to go out with a group of guys and girls, you know, I am going to be fasting even though it's really difficult. These are all, so we obey Allah with, you know, with a sincereness that we accept what Allah says. We don't, it's not picking and choosing. Okay, number two, sincerity to the Quran. So again, where do we find, there's the teachings of the Quran that we accept them. We honor the Quran. So, you know, so the giving it the respect it deserves. So having wudu, keeping it in a place that's clean. Um, you know, one being, you know, completely convinced that it is the word of Allah. And if we're not sure about that, we need to, you know, do some reading into that, um, that we should learn to recite it properly. That's something I'm on a journey to basically learn the Tajweed rules. And it always used to be so daunting for me. And I thought, no, I just, this is the Hadith. I've learned it. I have to now make the effort and learn to read Quran properly. So if that means I have to go to a class, if that means I have to watch videos, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, and then of course, implementing the rules of that are in the Quran. Number three, sincerity to the Messenger of Allah. So following his sunnah, honoring him and his family, accepting everything he has said to us, all his instructions. And um, again, similar to the idea of not you know, anything that we find hard, we decide I'm not going to take that. Or we try to find an interpretation of Hadith um, or an Eye of Quran that fits in with our lives. There's so many examples. I'm just going to think of interest in student loans. That's a, something that is big at the moment. People say, even though interest is clearly prohibited for student loans, people say, no, it's allowed. You even have sheikhs saying that, but we can find out the hadith and ayah that clearly state it isn't. So why is it that just to make our lives easier or our children's lives easier, we say it's okay, just take it. Okay, so that is, you know, are we being sincere to the teachings of the Prophet You need to ask yourself that. So sincerity to the leaders of the Muslims. So if the, our leaders are obeying Allah and obeying the messenger, then we obey them. They're the two conditions. If they are not obeying Allah and not obeying the messenger, then they don't have to have our allegiance as far as this is Muslim leaders that we're speaking of and that we should do our best to correct them um, and speak the truth. Now, I know that's hard. I'm not naive to say I think that's easy. But again, that is something. The sincerity isn't blind sincerity and blind acceptance of everything they say. That's not what is being told here, um, here. And finally, sincerity to common people. So that's to our fellow Muslims that we should treat them, you know, with all the morals and the characteristics that the Prophet ﷺ has given us. And even to non-Muslims that we treat them, you know, as, you know, with kindness, with 
in the, in following the sunnah of the Prophet So that's the hadith. I'll repeat the hadith one more time. The religion, Islam, is to act with sincerity. And the Arabic is ad-dinu an-nisahatun. Alhamdulillah, we have covered a lot of ground in season three of a Muslim Mum podcast. To, uh, in particular, we've looked at in episodes one to four, it was the foundations of feminism. So that it's a liberal ideology, that its values, um, its ideas, its goals are so very different from Islam's. And um, what I thought would be good is to now move on to looking at how feminism views marriage, motherhood, and family in general. If at any point you want to go back and re-listen to the uh, podcast episodes, please do so, because uh, some of the ideas, these are, we're covering a lot of ground, and it's good, as Muslims, we don't want to just have a shallow, you know, um, sloganistic understanding of anything. So please do, you know, re-listen to anything. And if you have any questions, send me an email, info at farhatamin.com. And also, I'm get, alhamdulillah, I'm getting sisters emailing or messaging me to say how useful they find the podcast. Please, you know, the best thing you can do, if you find this useful, please share it with your friends and family on WhatsApp, on Instagram. I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've also got a YouTube channel, which I'm now putting up videos where I, uh, one of the podcasts and number two other videos explaining issues that I think Muslim women find um, challenging. So my YouTube channel is called Farhat Amin as well. You know, inshallah, have a look at it. But so I'll tell you who you, who are you going to hear from first? First, you're going to hear Julia, Julia Bindle. She's a feminist writer in the UK and she will be giving her views on marriage in particular. And then I spoke to a sister called Amina. She's a young mum, has a mashallah, little toddler, and she grew up in this country. And I wanted to understand why she um, has chosen to be a stay-at-home mum, because I thought it would be good to hear, we always hear why it's good to be a career woman, you know, even a career mother. You should be out there working, earning money. That is and, you know, um, if you want to be a mother as well, you can. So somehow you should be able to juggle everything and that's what is good for you and for your family, supposedly. So I thought we should hear another view. You know, why we, we only hear one and I'd like to, so, you know, just to inspiration really. So inshallah, I hope you enjoy the podcast and um, inshallah, like I said, please get in touch if you have any questions and Subscribe to the podcast, please. Assalamu alaikum. Dress it up, subvert it, deny it all you want. Marriage is an institution that has curtailed women's freedom for centuries. But instead of rejecting the patriarchal and outdated tradition, some feminists have decided to reclaim it. We may have progressed since the Industrial Revolution, where Mary Wollstonecraft described marriage as little more than a state of legal prostitution. But let's not kid ourselves. Even today, marriage is not about equality. It's about perpetuating male privilege. The majority of brides still opt for a white gown. Beautiful. Yes, indeed. But the implication that brides should be virgins is both ludicrous and insulting to women. That a female who has had sex is somehow spoilt goods goes against everything feminists claim to stand for. 
I know feminists who've taken their husband's name because they say it's easier. Easier than changing your passport, email address, utilities bills and bank account details, I suppose. You're basically being branded, so anyone who sees your name knows immediately who you belong to. Even if a woman does away with all these traditions, accept it. Marriage can never be a feminist act. It has formed the backdrop to women's oppression for centuries. And women should stop pretending that marriage is anything other than a tool for their own oppression. Anyway, as the late human rights lawyer Paula Ettelbrick said, marriage is a great institution, if you like living in institutions. Assalamu alaikum, Amina. Jazakallah khair for coming on to a Muslim Man podcast. Wa alaikum salam and barakallahu fiki for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Alhamdulillah. So in the introduction, I mentioned that you're, mashallah, you're a mum. You have a, um, you know, you're also a stay, you're a stay-at-home mum as well. And yeah. um, is that something that, you know, when you were, you know, when you were growing up, mm-hmm. is that something that you had always thought? That's what I'm going to be. Uh, yeah. So from a young age, um, I always, I always had it in my head. I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be a mum. And my mum would say this to my husband all the time when we was engaged. All Amina's ever wanted to be is a wife and a mum. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, ever since I was young, I've sort of loved um, the idea of being at home and and looking after my family because that's just how I've grown up. Even though my mother worked quite a lot, mm-hmm. I always had my aunts around, my grandmother. So it, the house was always filled with women, basically helping out, looking after us. So I never really felt a void. But my mother, um, I think when we moved to Algeria, she became a stay-at-home mom. So yeah, I've just always been around females Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of upbringing so it's just something that's been instilled in me that when I'm older I'd love to be at home and look after my own family my husband and my children mm-hmm. so that came uh, would you say that came mainly from your home your family um, yeah right okay and so then it's interesting so then um, to, to be a stay-at-home mum mm-hmm. the expectations that you had of it how would you say they've come um, the reality of it how are you finding it um you don't realize how hard it is firstly Mm -hmm. I mean it's not it's not a walk in the park it's not easy um obviously when you're younger and you're thinking about something it's something totally different when you're actually going through it and it's reality but Mm -hmm. I think once you're once you're in that environment and you're used to being at home you're used to your routine everything's fine you're you're fine um yeah, I think the hard part is just getting used to being at home and transitioning from working to being at home, for me anyways. Mm-hmm. And so, so can I ask, what, what work did you used to do previously? So I, I, uh, I worked in the care sector, so I specialised in dementia and Alzheimer's as a carer oh, I see. for, I think, three to four years. And then when I gave birth to my son, I worked in... Uh, the hospital as a pharmacy technician for a couple of months but it was just too hard to do with a child I just I loved my job and it was amazing but I just my heart was at home yeah yeah I just was with him all the time even though my job was amazing I absolutely enjoyed it it was something that I was 
looking forward to progressing Mm. but my priority was my son and I decided to choose my son and my home over work yeah I think um now that that's I think a lot of women face that dilemma and it's um like as a like yeah I was a high school teacher and it's Mm -hmm. when you you're right when you're doing work that you can see does make a difference and you enjoy it and um you get satisfaction from it yeah you know that's something it is hard to leave that however I think you know I think one of them on the flip side of that is if we are and I think this is something I want would like the listener to think about that if we are choosing to you know like in Islam okay we you know to get married is half your deen to then mm-hmm. have so it's not like okay it's not fair to get married okay someone mm-hmm. could say it's not fair it's not obligatory to have children either but yeah it's part we, of the son of, of our prophet yes. wasalam, so it's very very important in our religion yes absolutely and so but what's now muslim young muslim mums like yourself they're mm-hmm. feeling they have to make a choice and yeah uh, and when they choose would you say that when they like even when you so you you have alhamdulillah you've embraced your role as a mother um what have been you know your friends who of similar ages and who may be married mm-hmm. how do they are they making similar choices um so the friends that I because I, I used to live in London that's where I was brought up and everything and my husband's in Brighton so I moved to Brighton so the friends that I had at the time when I was getting married mm-hmm. were all still in education were all still um working they still to this day either aren't married or are engaged and are just like I said, working or in education. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I moved to Brighton, I met three lovely ladies and they're, they're all um, mothers, alhamdulillah, young mothers, um, but they all have their own little projects. So one of them is a tailor, an amazing tailor. So she, she actually was working as well as um, doing her own little hobby at home. And she decided to leave her main job because she preferred to be at home with her child. She prioritized motherhood over going out and working and instead pursued her hobby of sewing mm-hmm. um another actually does work but I think she does part-time and then she also teaches at home so again she tries to be home for her child as much as possible mm. and then my other friend she just works from home as well and it's all down to the fact that they want to be at home for their children and their, their husbands mm-hmm. so yeah I think I have a variety of when yeah. it comes to friends there's, there's a mixture of what they do and what their stance is on being at home or not yeah it's um and i think that's it's nice to hear now this is what's interesting you don't hear about examples like these that often as far as the Mm. thing that is pushed to young women is um okay being single being independent yeah um, you can be married but married on your own terms you know motherhood on your your own terms that um and i think people aren't when people aren't looking at it. that sounds very nice but in reality what effect does that have on a marriage on the you know raising the kids mm. people mm. aren't looking at that financially maybe it might be better but yeah is that the most important thing? I think nowadays and I think my husband touched up on this on his podcast mm-hmm. um is that nowadays when people look at marriage they don't look at it as building a family and starting a family they look at it as just being able to have that halal relationship and to be able to go out and do the things that you possibly would was never able to do before mm-hmm. which is I mean I'm finding it it's I'm finding it more and more now when I speak to girls my age mm-hmm. um, and I find it so bizarre because whenever I 
grew up, the only thing I thought of when marriage came to mind was marriage, children, family, yeah, one family unit, you know, like the old school traditional mm-hmm. view of it. But I don't know if that's just because that's the way I've been brought up. Yeah. Because I lived abroad a bit. So maybe I haven't had too much of the influence of the West as opposed to maybe some people have been here all their life. Yeah. But I, I think, I think you're, um, the, um, what you're saying about um, the experience, it's interesting that I know, um, okay, having, I used to work at um, an all girls school and mm-hmm. um, it was actually majority, I'd say majority Muslim girls at that school, even mm-hmm. though it was a state school. And the thing that really struck me was where the careers advice, the things that were being pushed, the kind of role models that were being given, you know, mm-hmm. being a mother, you know, um, you're right, being a mother, being a wife, raising a family, the, there was, I'll be honest, there was zero value given to that. And the, yes, um, of course, yes, and that was the truth in the assemblies, um, you know, the, okay, the kind of people that were put up on the PowerPoints and I used to be watching that and I'd look at the girls and I, and I have a daughter, a teenage daughter myself. And I thought oh they God. are not being uh, like, uh, motherhood is the last thing on their list. It's like, yeah, it's not, it's not important. It's not a priority anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that's downgraded nowadays. Yeah, it's not it, something that's what it should be, which is very valued. Yeah. And it's, um, and I think, um, yeah, what I'd like to share, um, because the whole season, this season of a Muslim mom podcast is looking at and exploring feminism is, um, that some of the views, because what I wanted to understand them was where is this idea come from? It didn't just pop out of nowhere. It's, um, it's in our society. We're being fed it through, um, whether it's through the subtly through, you know, Netflix, through the movies, through the songs. I think all the, the concerns that you're having as mums, I, I know, and I've spoken to uh, mums of teenagers who they, un, um, they feel exactly the same, that how is, why, and how is it that our girls are, yeah, alhamdulillah, they're Muslim, but um, they are, you know, you could, you could let, they are, they have so many feminist ideas that um, they mm. don't even know they're feminist, actually. They don't know where they've come yeah. Um, so what I wanted to just, um, share with everyone was, um, a couple of, um, views of prominent feminists regarding motherhood mm-hmm. and sure um, for it. I was surprised by how negatively they viewed motherhood, but, um, okay. So in the female eunuch, Jermaine Greer, um, you can, everyone can Google her, denied the very existence of maternal love. And in the feminine mystique, mother of three, Betty Friedan depicted motherhood as a wasted existence filled with trivialities in lieu, and then this is the quote, in lieu of more meaningful goals. So there were more meaningful goals than motherhood. Mm. Her solution to this meaninglessness was for women to find a fuller identity through commercial work and public participation. Mm. I I have the links for all these articles um, because I think... Mm -hmm. um, I'm, you know, as Muslims, you want to be factually correct. Of course, yeah. And, and I'm not going to misrepresent to represent their view. So um, of course, of please course. go onto the website, um, furthermean.com, and you can see them. Okay, there's another lady, feminist um, Shulamith Firestone, articulated um, her argument that women would never truly be free of patriarchy until they were freed from the yoke of reproduction. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. She imagined wistfully a day when babies could be created in mechanical uteruses, freeing women from the physical subjugation of childbirth. Um, so now... Someone, some feminists would then say, well, that's not what I think. You know, that's just mm. uh, some feminists believe that. But Jermaine Greer and Brit- Betty Friedan, they are, uh, they are the founding fathers of feminism. No one will deny that. And um, their ideas changed the way, like it was mainly the second wave feminism. They, they actually fermented the ideas that women then adopted and started thinking, yeah, I actually agree with this. They read their books and then they started, and it changed the way non-Muslim women viewed um, motherhood. Uh, but then now what we're concerned with more importantly is how it's affected Muslim women. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and the thing is, I think it's, um, you know, when, when, a, when Muslim women don't feel they're valued as mothers or think there's no value in staying at home, that's when we rush out to work and think um, what I'm doing is not enough. Uh, and no one, I'm just a mum. That, that's what it boils down to. Um, mm-hmm. so then would you say, um, you know, okay, like you mentioned Algeria. So were you raised in Algeria? Did you spend some of your childhood there? So I was born in the UK and then I went back to Algeria when I was maybe, I think three or four months old, my family sent me back and I was sort of raised by my grandmother and my family over there for three years. And then I came back to the UK. Mm-hmm. And again, that's probably down to my mom feeling the pressure that she had to work because she didn't come with me. She stayed in the UK and worked to um, be able to buy a house. So when we came back, there was a house that was ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tells me, bless her, that it was the hardest time of her life and she doesn't ever want to remember it because of how hard it was to have to give up her children yeah, yeah, that's right. to do maybe what society has pressured her into thinking she needs to do, which is own a house before you have kids and and do all these career-based goals as opposed to be a mother, is, which is what she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I came back and then I went back when I was, I think, at year six. I went back to Algeria again for three or four years. And that time it was me, my brothers and my mother and father. Spent a few years there and then came back again. So sort of been back and forth. Right. So um, I'd just like to make the point that in no way are we like, um, in Islam, a a woman can work. Yeah, of course. And no one's saying, criticizing women who do work, but. No, definitely not. Yeah, but because I can, I totally understand where your mum's coming from. I know one Mm. of the reasons I worked was so that we could buy a house. Um, exactly yeah. and um and but it's interesting you're right that um 
the goals that okay so we're doing things to achieve certain goals and yeah um, now there's people have like a tick list and they yeah. have to tick all these things off before children come into the picture yes where I, in islam children wherever they come in there's barak in it and whatever comes after or before them is not a problem it shouldn't delay Mm. the process of children if that makes sense yeah, yeah but yeah just going back to your point on on working mothers uh mm. i i i have a huge 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 I, I highly respect mothers who work because i did it for three months and i found it mm. very very difficult so for me yeah to mothers who out there who are working and are listening to this you're doing amazing you're doing mm. the best you can and yeah like as long as you're doing what you can to be the best mom and to do what you need to do, because some women out there actually have to work. They physically don't have the luxury of staying at home. Yeah. So yeah, just to let them know that we love and support you guys too. And it's not anything negative about women who work. It's just us, me speaking as a mother who stays at home. Yeah. Basically. What I, what I would say is that, um, you know, when like there's like, I'm thinking from, uh, from my perspective that I know I, like I, I was not thinking um, Islamically when I was thinking mm. about work and going to work. I, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. Mm. I did not think um, like I basically, I didn't have to work. And so, mm. so did now as a, uh, you know, we are, you know, when we, when we, Alhamdulillah, when Allah blesses us with children, they are our first priority, you know, and the yeah. family, that is our primary role, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know that when I was, I wasn't thinking, well, um, okay, that's my primary role. Am I, ma- am I fulfilling that, you know, as I should? And then I'm going to work. I was thinking, yeah. I want to go to work because I want to have my own money. I don't want to have to ask mm. my husband for money. I'll be, and, uh, you know, I think this can resonate with a lot of women that why should I have to ask my husband for money? And if I have my own money, then I, mm. um, I don't have to rely on him. Mm. Yeah, it's, and I think um, I'm going to do at some point that this, I'll definitely be doing an, um, an episode about individualism and mm-hmm. how that is, um, yeah, exploring that idea that where is that coming from? Um, mm. How then, what does that do to the harmony of the whole family? You know, when mum's pulling uh, in one direction, dad's pulling in another, um, mm. how, harmon- how much happiness does that really give uh, the family and the kids? Um, mm. but I'd love to know, so what was your, when you were in your experiences, um, Algeria and family life there and how mothers are viewed, how mm. would you describe that? Um, I think now it's, it's, it's very different maybe to when I was there years ago, but I think it's always been quite a mixed, mixed opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. most of my family are quite traditional and old school in their way of thought. So yep. The mother raises the children she stays at home she looks after the home and the husband and the husband goes out and is the breadwinner but I also have people in my family who are quite close to me who are uh pro like women going out and working and bringing the breadwinner and putting their careers first and then having children so it's a bit of a mixture of things I think um I think though I do realize when I'm in the UK I do feel very uh underappreciated when it comes to being a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home wife but when you're abroad in a muslim country and you mention or you know i'm at home looking after my children and my husband it's I, I think because of how high islam has put us women and that role in in being a woman a wife and a mother um i don't feel as i don't want to say embarrassed but i don't feel as belittled yeah. because they know the importance of it 
and you will get like, oh, praise Allah, may Allah aid you, may Allah make your children righteous. They see the hard work that you're putting in, whereas in the West, it's sort of made out as if all you do is just sit on your bottom all day and do nothing. Yeah. When that's not really the case. Yeah, yeah that's why. Um, it's because they can't tax us, isn't it? That's the, mm. <laughs> we're, not, we're not creating any tax, uh, payable tax. in Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but so, oh, so could you, inshallah, so that um, to, um, for sisters who are listening and they do need, we all need an Iman boost every now and again. Could you yeah, share, what, what are the um, evidences that help you to, you know, like, focus your you know intention that yeah I'm this is a good thing that I'm doing um I think for me there's just many there's a few hadith that I have um written down um and just showing the importance of how important a mother is in Islam and most of them are obviously mostly everybody knows but um one of them on one occasion the prophet was approached by a man and he said, O messenger of God, who is most deserving of good care from me? The prophet said, your mother, the man asked, and who after that? He repeated, your mother, the man asked, and who after that? The prophet, repeated, your mother, then your father, then your nearest relatives in order of closeness. And that is in uh, Bukhari and Muslim. And it just shows the importance of being a woman and how important it is to be a mom. The fact that we always have this thing where in Islam, it's made out to look like, oh, the men are more important than the women. But this hadith here totally shows the importance of a mother because the mother is mentioned uh, a couple of times before the father is. And it just shows how important it is for a mother to take on her role proudly and to, to try and fulfill her purpose in life. Um, there is another hadith uh, which is reported um, from Abu Dawood and it says I and the woman whose cheeks have grown dark on account of cares and anxieties of her children shall be like this on the day of resurrection and the prophet placed together his middle and forefingers meaning that she would be close to him and again it just shows the importance and the high status the mother is given in Islam because of the hard work that she goes through the anxiety mm. there's many many other hadiths as well that talk about the, the role of a mother in Islam and the role of a wife in Islam, mm -hmm. the role of a daughter. We have uh, many amazing stories of, of uh, Amr radiallahu daughter and how, uh, how much of an amazing daughter she was and, and, and the things that she did for him. Mm -hmm. um, but just, this, just a, a few words of encouragement, I think, that I have tried to tell myself over the past few years of being a mother, and that is just reminding myself of how great how great motherhood is and it's an opportunity for you to bring purpose into your life that you never had before mm -hmm. now when I was single not a wife not a mother yeah I had a life but I didn't have purpose like I do now because I have a children I have children I have a child mm -hmm. you live for your child you you eat, sleep and breathe them. You basically, everything you do is focused and based around them because they are your legacy. Yes. They are what you're going to be leaving behind you. Um, and just to remind women that motherhood isn't something that should be, that you're ashamed of. Like if someone was to ask a mother who stays at home, probably outside, oh, what do you do? She'd probably whisper under her breath, oh, I'm a mother. Mm, yeah. Stay at home. If other people are telling what, 
their career choices are. Mm. And I've been there. I've done that myself. Yeah. But instead, I encourage women to say, yeah, I'm, I'm a nation builder. I stay at home and I look after my children and my husband and I am, I'm raising the next generation. I'm mm. raising the people we're going to leave behind us. Um, I just, yeah, I just think that we need to realize how important it is. And it, it, essentially, it's your ticket to Jannah. If you leave something very, very special behind, it's your ticket to Jannah, subhanAllah. Yeah, yeah, that is. I know it's, you are forming the next generation. And um, it, I just like, when I think back to, if I could take back, that's, a, you know, if I could take back the years I worked and where I'm educating and putting my energy into other people's children mm. and as opposed to my own, because I'm coming home and I'm exhausted. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. You, know, it, you then, I think I would swap that in a second. I, I wouldn't think about it twice. And the money, my risk, our risk is fixed. So I was going to get that money anyway. It's, you know, like yeah. it dawns on you a little bit later, but Alhamdulillah, at least it dawned on me. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, now, if for, I think one of the things, I think, because it's always, I, I love to give um, practical advice to, to mums, that yeah. the thing that, you know, like you said, it can seem daunting to to stay at home. And I think one of the things that we can, like I, I am now, alhamdulillah, a stay-at-home mum. Um, and um, when I went from work to, to not work, it was, you can feel a bit isolated. That's, you know, mm, no one's going to be. Yeah, I totally agree, no yeah. Pretend. Um, but it's yeah, of course to have a support network and to actually with baby, you know, like go out and mm-hmm. find places where you're meeting other mums. So I, you know, um, I would suggest you like you, you add to these suggestions inshallah mm-hmm. that, um, sure. there are mother and toddler groups, you know, go out, go out there and join some. I used to take my kids to the, the library, toddler library book reading sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do live in an area where there's your local masjid, that go where possible, you know, when they do have it uh, open for, for women, you know, go at that time again. That's where you're going to meet other, mm-hmm. you know, like-minded Muslim women. Um, yeah. So what else would you um, advise mums to do? I think it's important to not forget who you are because like you said, let's be real. Once you're a mother, you do kind of feel lost in who you are and you, you do kind of forget who you are. And you like I said, your life becomes your children. Hmm. But instead of going down that spiral of feeling lost and maybe like you said, isolated because you're not maybe who you was before choosing to stay at home and, and, and be there for your children and your husband, I think do things that you used to do before that you loved, whether that's meeting up with friends, leaving your child with a family member or your husband for an hour or two, basically making time for yourself. So you still feel like you're fulfilling your needs and you're filling your emotional and physical cup. You're making sure that your fuel, you're making sure, sorry, that your tank is full Mm. because most of the time stay at home moms. And I'm very guilty of this myself is I forget about myself. Mm. I spend my day, cooking cleaning taking care of the home taking care of my toddler and by the time it, my toddler's asleep I noticed I've probably barely eaten barely had anything to drink and probably not showered Ooh. but it's just down to you also remembering that just because you decided to stay at home it doesn't mean that you're not a priority anymore you are a priority you just have to combine it with the other priorities you chose i.e your children and your husband mm. so yeah just don't forget about yourself even if it's maybe five to ten minutes Take some time out during the day for yourself and just do something that you love. That can be journal. That could be go take a quick shower. It could be have a cup of tea or a coffee, read a book, 
mm. whatever it is, or even go out for a walk. And like you said, there's so many, alhamdulillah, things out there for people to do now, even with their children. Yes. There's toddler groups, there's play groups, there's all sorts. And also depending on where you are, um, not so much of it here where I am now, but depending on where you are in London, alhamdulillah, and Allahumma barak, the, the barakah and the beauty that's there is, is 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 astounding like the, the the gatherings they have there for sisters and i've been to a few now alhamdulillah and they're amazing because most of the time you go and you find mothers there with their children and mm. i think for me that was one thing that i used to feel very isolated over because i didn't i didn't really know like-minded people who were muslim practicing and young mums and young wives Mm. so like you said go to places where you will find people who are like-minded who will understand your situation who you can relate to and you can feel at home with try and avoid going to places where you're going to feel left out or uncomfortable because you're just going to make yourself feel worse yeah that's right and and I would say you know don't um don't we shouldn't fill our heads with again ideas and people that are going to put down motherhood or make us feel bad for being yeah so, you know, as far as who you, you're following on Instagram, I've got rid of so many oh, yes. people on Instagram. And yeah. I just thought, what is the point? Like people, pe- people post all the amazing, they, they're out, they're going out with their friends. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're not at home and I'm doing this. And I thought, it's just making me feel bad. Why am I watching them? I, yeah, definitely. Um, but alhamdulillah, now, some of the ideas that you just mentioned, the tips you just gave, you elaborate on them further in your own podcast. Could you tell mm-hmm. the listeners a little bit about that? Yes. So I started my own podcast, Alhamdulillah. I have uh, my first episode, uh, which was out a few weeks ago. Um, you can find that on Anchor. Mm-hmm. And it is, if you just look for hidden, yours truly, sorry, yours truly, hidden ucht. Well, for Armin, for taking the time to share your experience and knowledge. No problem. Thank you for having me. Um, inshallah, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Inshallah. May Allah reward you. Mainstream media outlets do not cater for the needs of you as a Muslim. There are topics which they will completely ignore. For example, the hijab ban that is happening in India, the Islamophobia that Muslim women all over in the West are facing. They don't even report Palestine or Syria in a balanced manner. So through my podcast and my YouTube channel, I discuss the topics specifically related to Muslim women that particular mainstream popular culture will not discuss. Topics like critiquing feminism, topics such as number of hijab bands, niqab bands that are happening in India, in France, in Canada. These are challenges that Muslim women are facing and I'm going to keep continuing to shine a light on these topics. So inshallah I would love your help and support in continuing to create this content for Muslim women which is challenging the very negative Islamophobic narrative that we are being given. I think as a Muslim creator we should be producing content that is Islamic, that is well researched and provides hope to Muslim women and men that as Muslims, when we see an evil, we can change it with our hand, we can speak about it or we can hate it in our heart. And I think some of us are able to create videos and podcasts and others who are not able to do that, like yourself, you can support that work as well and gain in the reward, inshallah, 
by contributing and supporting to my Patreon page. The link is in the description below. Inshallah may Allah reward you and please do the well for all the Muslims around the world that we can continue to challenge this Islamophobic narrative. But always remember that Allah is with the righteous. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.